Hey there, Mike Stelzner coming to you with a fascinating update you might not be familiar with. Did you know that Social Media Examiner can deliver all the marketing, training, news, and trends, insights that you need into your inbox three days a week when you sign up for our newsletter and it's completely free? Simply visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates and take your marketing to the next level. Welcome to the Crypto Business Podcast, helping you navigate the frontier of crypto. And now, here is your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Crypto Business Podcast, brought to you by Social Media Examiner. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for innovative thinkers who want to know what works in the world of web 3.0. Today, I'll be joined by Carlos Gill. And we're going to explore NFTs and marketing and what businesses need to know that want to get into the space of NFTs. By the way, I am at Stelzner on Instagram. And if you're brand new to this podcast, be sure to follow this show so you don't miss any of our future content. And now for this week's interview with Carlos Gill. Helping you to simplify your crypto journey. Here is this week's expert guide. Today, I'm very excited to be joined by Carlos Gill. If you don't know who Carlos is, he's an NFT advisor, a marketer, and an entrepreneur. He's the author of The End of Marketing, and he's the founder of Hype Santa's NFT Project. Carlos, welcome to the show. What's going on, Mike? So today, Carlos and I will explore how to create NFTs that have real staying power and how to develop communities and all the fun stuff that go around really a, a powerful, long-lasting NFT project. But Carlos, before we go there... I would love to hear your story. You know, you and I have known each other for a long time. You've been on my other show, the Social Media Marketing Podcast, many, many times. But what I want to know from your perspective is the story of how you got into NFTs. Start wherever you want to start. Yeah, that's a that's a great question to, to kick it off. And once again, thanks, Mike, for for having me on your on your show. I'm, I'm really honored. Look, it's really simple. I got into NFTs at the beginning of 2021 through NBA Top Shot. So I was on Twitter one day. And I start seeing different folks in my network talking about Top Shot. And it was just Top Shot, Top Shot, Top Shot. I'm a basketball fan. So naturally, I asked, well, what is it? And it was the first time I ever heard of this term called non-fungible tokens or NFTs. And I got into Top Shot, spent some money on there. Explain what that is for people that don't know what Top Shot is. So NBA Top Shot are highlights, essentially. They are player highlights somewhere about five to 10 seconds, and they showcase the best highlight of a player from a set period of time. So for example, if you want to own a highlight of LeBron James or Kevin Durant or your favorite basketball player from your favorite team, you can actually buy licensed NBA highlights and have ownership over those highlights. So that was my introduction into NFTs. And it didn't take too long for the newness of Top Shot to wear off. And coupled with the fact that you start hearing about Gary Vee talking about NFTs and you start hearing NFTs used more in pop culture. And again, working in marketing is one of those things that if you are studying trends and seeing where the market is going, you start hearing or seeing or reading about NFTs a lot, which is exactly what happened right around March and April of last year. So I uh, then got into OpenSea, which is the largest marketplace for NFTs. And that was really where my 
life as a investor and now creator of NFTs really began. So it was NBA Top Shot that really introduced me to the whole space of owning digital assets. Granted, I'd purchased crypto in the past, but actually having like a tangible digital asset that you can see that's backed by crypto, you know, started on Top Shot and then led into OpenSea. Well, and along the way, you got involved with some projects. Talk to us a little bit about that too. We want to get up to Hype Santas, but you got involved somehow with your marketing background, working on different projects. Tell us that story as well. I'm in different NFT projects and putting some money here and there. Um, again, NFTs for those that are new into the space, backed by Ethereum for the most part. I'll tell you about Solana and about Hype Santas here in, in, in a minute. But I started spending some Ethereum on buying different projects. And to me, what really fascinated me about the NFT space right away was the fact that the value of these projects is predicated based on the communities behind them. So I would buy into a project. I would join the Discord channel, essentially. And by joining the Discord channel, I would start to uh, see or unlock access to different people. And I would notice that the projects that I had invested in that were actually seeing a return or gains were the ones that had the most active communities, whereas the projects that were declining and weren't yielding me a return were the ones that didn't have an active presence on Twitter or an active presence on Discord. And there's one project that really stood out to me, and that's Lazy Lions. And that's that's really a project that I would recommend for those that want to learn about NFTs and the whole community building aspect behind them and how community helps grow the value is really looking to Lazy Lions. So this is a project that I bought into in August 25th of 2021. I was in Philadelphia speaking at a conference and I just tweeted out what NFT should I buy next? Now, mind you, I'd only been to NFTs really for a few months. I was buying some, I was selling, I was flipping, but Lazy Lions reached out to me. When I say that they reached out to me, it wasn't just one. It wasn't their main account. It was like literally my dozens of Twitter accounts with lion cartoon faces that were all tweeting at me over and over. So that was the moment where I said to myself, if this community is this passionate about me, just one person buying into it, I'm in. And I bought one line, eventually I bought a second, and eventually I bought several more after that. And Shortly thereafter, once I started learning that, again, community impacts the value, uh, I started reaching out to projects. And I started reaching out to projects to offer uh, my thought leadership from a marketing standpoint, getting to understand these projects first as a collector or investor, and starting to realize what was impacting the value or the price of these, combined with the fact that I was reaching out and getting to know who was behind some of these projects, I realized there's a lot of commonalities. One, a lot of these projects have founders that are not based in the United States. They're based overseas. That being said, and there's nothing wrong with the fact that they're based overseas, but combined with the fact that a lot of these projects, the founders are what's called undoxed or undocumented, meaning they're not showing their face, not documenting their identity. Uh, they're like anonymous, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, completely anonymous. Right. And and look, you know, like I'm, I'm really shortening this down, condensing it down for the listeners because I know there's a lot that we want to get to and talk about. No, this is good. Keep going. I bought into projects that were what's called rug pulls, where you invest money, you think that you're getting a good NFT, there's a lot of hype around it, and then all of a sudden the devs disappear and the project goes down and you lose your investment. That happened, unfortunately, to me a couple of times. You know, There's some different projects that I've bought into that I've made some good capital from, but there's also projects that I've lost. So it was, again, this learning experience of discovering that there's projects that the founders are overseas, they're not documented. Their social media numbers look completely inflated. So I really started doing my due diligence. And before I'd buy into a project, I would just approach the project on Twitter and try to have a conversation. 
you know, hey, this is who I am. This is what I do. You can see my face. You can see that I'm verified. Like, tell me about the project. What are you trying to accomplish? What help do you need? And I think for any marketer out there that's looking to break into this space from just a pure advising, consulting standpoint, even if you're a freelancer and you're looking to get some business in the NFT space, you know, it's really as easy as reaching out to these projects and asking them what they need help with. And what I discovered very quickly, Mike, was that a lot of these projects didn't know social media marketing, right? They were kind of half-fasting it. And they had really cool art, really cool roadmap, great capabilities. Somehow or another, they were building a community, but they really didn't have a sound strategy. And for anyone that's new in this space, as you're looking to buy NFTs, keep something in mind that there's a lot of NFTs that are going to fail. So you have to look at NFTs no different than you would invest in startups. 90% of startups fail. Same holds true for an NFT. If you buy 10, one of them probably has the potential to, to boom, to make you some money. Nine of those, nine out of 10 are going to fail. And they're going to fail for various reasons. And a big reason why is because they are not promoting or thinking of their NFT project as a brand or as a business. You hear a lot about Bored Apes and CryptoPunks and Cool Cats and various different projects. The reason why you hear about those projects is because in the example of the Bored Apes, they are a brand. They operate like a business within their project. They're not just cartoon characters backed by Ethereum. They are a brand. You know, They're collaborating with Adidas, for example. There's a project today, in fact, called um, Creature World that I was looking into investing into because they actually are producing merchandise with credible brands, right? So because those credible brands like Adidas and others are doing their due diligence on these NFT projects, that adds a layer of credibility that the average project does not. So that being said, Mike, from a marketing, from just a pure marketing standpoint, I've been looking for ways and I've been successful with applying my skill set and expertise as a career social media marketer, if you will, within the NFT world. Well, what I love about what we just talked about is for those that are on the business side of things that are thinking about launching NFTs, all the things that Carlos just talked about are the things that we who are going to be issuing NFTs need to be thinking about. Give us a little bit of an update on what you did with your Hype Santas project, if you don't mind. So over the last, gosh, two years now, it's really been a transitionary period for me, right? Like like a lot of us. Right? The pandemic took me off of the public speaking career that I was on, agency career that, or the agency that I was building that got derailed. So over the last two years, I pivoted into e-commerce. Again, now through NFTs, it's introduced me to a new revenue generation opportunity, if you will, an investment opportunity. Fast forward to actually creating a project. After investing, consulting, and advising, then the next itch, if you will, is to actually create. And that's uh, that's the fun part, but it's also there's a lot of challenges that go into creating. So I think so many folks look at the successful projects and they immediately look at the numbers, right? Most projects mint at, let's just say, 0.1 ETH. On average, 0.1 Ethereum is about $400. Most NFT projects, if they sell out, they sell 10,000 units. You can do the easy math. That's $4 million. So I think a lot of folks, when they go into this process, they look at I'm going to do an NFT project. Even if I don't know a lot about NFTs, I'm going to be wildly successful and make all this money. And it's going to be great. And you hear so many stories of projects that have been successful. You don't hear too much of the projects that haven't been successful because a lot of people like to typically sweep those under the rug. So I'll, I'll tell you in full transparency how I got to the point to start a project and what I know to be true. from actually going through the trenches. So my brother-in-law, who's also my business partner and I, we started an e-commerce business last year form great relationships with that business. And we started thinking at the beginning of this year, like, how do we pivot? What do we do next? Because selling masks through our company, Outlaw Masks, 
isn't necessarily going to be something that keeps us afloat all throughout 2021 for various reasons. So that's really where we got the itch to start getting into the business of creating NFTs, but very specifically creating NFTs around wearables that consumers can use in Decentraland. Uh, we are in the process of opening up a sneaker boutique here in Florida where we live. So we are also big proponents of charity and of giving, specifically giving to the homeless. So our brand that we're building is called the Hype Section. And all the NFTs that we do going forward are going to be under this brand, the Hype Section. And they're all going to be centered around hype culture, NFTs being hype culture. For our first project, we came up with this idea to do what's called Hype Santas. And Hype Santas is a collection of 5,500 Hype Santas. They live on the Solana blockchain, meaning you have to use Solana as the cryptocurrency to buy into Hype Santas. But Hype Santas for us is actually a charity-focused project to drive a million dollars in donations for the Chapman Partnership, which is the oldest homeless shelter in Miami-Dade County. We, for our launch party, did a block party for the homeless. We gave out over 300 toys to homeless families, food, and through our relationship with Chapman, we are going to be using Hype Sands as a vehicle to be able to give to the homeless throughout all of 2022 and beyond. That's a very long-winded way to say, Mike, that I've discovered that NFTs, needless to say, generate a lot of revenue. They have the potential, I should say, actually, to generate a lot of revenue. But not everyone has access to these mediums. The reality is that to play in the space can be expensive. It's not cheap. And why not be able to use these technologies and these new mediums to fundraise and give back to others? So that's exactly what we're doing through, through the Hype Santas. Awesome story. So much great stuff there. And I'm glad we went through all that so everybody understands all the experiences you've gone through in literally less than a year. For the creators or entrepreneurs or businesses that are listening right now, that are thinking about starting their own NFT project for their business, why should they consider it if they're skeptical? What do you want to say to them? First of all, it's really important that before you get into the business side of creating, you first understand the business side of investing. Now, I had to put my own hard-earned money into NFTs and in some cases lose money in order to understand how these markets work. So this is the wild, wild west. It, it really is. I can't stress that enough. Again, you hear so many of the, the upbeat stories of people making millions of dollars in this space. Unfortunately, you don't hear about the other stories in between. So I'm, I'm going to tell you that you are assuming risk. Right? When you buy an NFT, you are assuming risk, just like buying a stock, just like gambling. I hate to call this gambling because it's not, but you're making an investment into a digital asset that has the potential to either go up or go down. So it's really important that you understand what makes these projects succeed. And I'll kind of break it down if it's okay, Mike. What makes a project succeed at its core isn't the art because people aren't buying art. They're buying access. So if there's a community in place and that community all has a vested interest in those digital assets going up in value and helping what's called the floor rise, then the project is going to succeed and take off. If the community loses interest for for a variety of reasons, a lot of it has to do with the leadership, the developers, then that community is going to move on to the next project. The NFT space, extremely fickle, very, very fickle. And projects that are hot today might not be hot th you know, three months from now. So it's really important that you have a, a firm understanding when you're investing your own hard-earned money into this space, what makes an NFT go up or go down in value. So that's the investment side. The creation side is what I've gone through firsthand in the last just couple of months, going through the process of creating an NFT project of my own. It's probably the hardest job I've ever had to do. 
wow. to be frank with you. Wow. And the reason why it's hard is for a couple of reasons. One, you're having to train people that have never purchased NFT in their life or even heard about what an NFT is. You're having to train people at scale very fast in terms of why they should let go of their money to buy something that they don't know about, don't believe in, or, or have, have no experience in buying. And that's very challenging. And if you look at some of the more successful projects out there, I'll give you an example, Be Friends by Gary B. He did a really good job educating his followers for about a good month leading up to the launch of Friends of how to buy Ethereum, how to set up a Coinbase account, how to set up a MetaMask account, how to mint. Like he educated and trained his followers. I went through the mistake, again, just going to be transparent. I went through the mistake of sending emails out to my email list without ever polling them once and asking them if they're even into NFTs. Right. So I made a critical mistake of not segmenting my audience. Instead, I assume the people that are on my email newsletter list are marketers like me. They're used to consuming content all the time, hearing about NFTs. They probably own NFTs. I learned very quickly, that's not the case. So again, like I'm sharing this transparently so others out there listening don't make those same mistakes. So one, the hard part about this is educating the masses who aren't necessarily aware. Well, now, wait, let me pause you for a second. Remember what you were just going to say, the culture side of it, um, and we'll come back to that. Before we get into the struggles of NFTs, I just want to back up the train a little bit on what's the possible advantage to a business. Like, what's the upside, right? Because I don't want to freak everybody out and have them just stop listening. Because if this is done right, what's possible? Why might they want to consider something like this, assuming they follow everything you're going to tell them later on? One, it goes without saying that's another revenue stream for a business. Right. So first and foremost, you take a big brand out there like Pepsi. They recently rolled out an NFT project. They gave it away for free, but Pepsi's making money off of the royalties, meaning the secondary sales. Oh, okay. So even if you create an NFT and you list it for zero and you give it away, which is what I foresee a lot of brands here and now going forward will probably do. You give away an NFT, you let the market decide what the price of the NFT is. Once NFT starts to gain traction and starts to sell for whatever price it sells at, the creator gets the royalties deposited in their, their digital wallet. So one, NFTs become another stream of, of revenue for a company. The beauty of monetization of NFTs is it doesn't require uh, production of material goods, shirts, physical goods. There's no production required. It's just all digital assets. So if you have a great graphic designer, someone understands creating smart contracts, meaning a good developer, you're off to the races. Obviously, having marketing skill set helps. I'd say the second is exposure to a new audience. So again, now we're going to talk about the culture of NFTs, but you're able to potentially tap into a new audience. You know, look, my activity on social media in terms of inbound and outbound has skyrocketed more so than most of 2020 or the beginning part of 2021. A lot of that has to do with the fact that now I'm tapped into a new community of not social media marketers or people who are into tech or startups. I'm actually connected now with people that are into NFTs, which I'm discovering there's some overlap between these communities, but my followers have gone up. My engagement is through the roof these days. So again, from a brand standpoint that potentially has millions of followers or hundreds of thousands, imagine now being able to tap into a new segment of consumer that didn't know that you exist and that you didn't know that they exist. You know, one of the struggles, and, and you know this, you know, kind of putting on our social media marketer hats for a second, Mike, you know, I'm sure you hear this all the time. Like one of the struggles that brands constantly have is the algorithms and decreased 
organic reach and decreased organic engagement. By tapping NFTs, even if you're just buying an NFT, let's say you, you buy into a top project like the Bored Apes, which you're starting to see a lot of brands do, or CryptoPunks, just buying into that project, the shout outs that you're going to get by tweeting out your, your NFT that you purchase, the earned media value that you're going to get from that loan is probably going to supersede the, the cost of actually acquiring the NFT itself. So I, I think, again, you know, the monetization play, but also being able to reach a new audience and gain additional reach, uh, earn media out of it. I think that in itself, from my standpoint, at least, is the justification for brands, even if they're not creating NFTs, but just get into the space. Well, and the other side of it is if you create an NFT for your business, whether no matter whether you're big or small, those that buy are probably going to be your super loyal customers anyways, right? And they're going to feel even probably more bound to your brand because they now have purchased something that has perceived value in their eyes and they'll become super fans, right? And they can unlock other things, other exciting things, which I'm sure we're going to get into a little bit. Okay. So get back to your culture thing. And then I've got a bunch of more questions I want to ask you. Yeah. Yeah. It's all good. So, you know, again, like the, the culture in the space is, is very different from where I believe like you and I, and probably those listening, like where we've come from, from a social media standpoint, you know, obviously, you know, for you and I, and, and I, I would assume most of the social media examiner community, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, TikTok, Snapchat, those are the go-tos. In the world of NFTs, first of all, the majority of consumers that you come across operate anonymously. That means they're not using their government name or their profile photo is not a picture of them themselves. Like even, even myself, if you go to at Carlos Gill 83 on Twitter now, it says Carlos Schill instead of Carlos Gill. It has my carlosgill.eth, which is my ENS address, actually as part of my username. And it has a hype Santa as a photo. So like I'm you know guilty by the same association, being a part of the culture, drinking the Kool-Aid, right? So the culture in the space is all about decentralization, not having to use your face in order to transact or do business, which personally, at first, it took me a little while to get used to that aspect of it, not knowing what people look like. Now I like it because there's no prejudice and there's no judgment when you meet someone. You're literally a part of a community and you're engaging with people. That's the beauty of this space. You're engaging with people because they're just, they're just people that are passionate. So that's one, right? Is understanding like that aspect of the culture, not getting weirded out by it. I'd say the second is this community primarily using Discord as a medium to engage. And Discord is a social network, right? Like in the talks that I've been doing over the last six months, uh, I've been sharing with marketers, like if you're not familiar with Discord, make yourself familiar with it. It's a social network. It's just one of many that exist now. But again, if you're trying to tap into the NFT community, it's a necessary evil. You have to use Twitter in combination with Discord. So going back to the question around how do marketers get in this space, you have to understand the culture. What you've done up until this point in your career doesn't necessarily translate A to Z in the space. There are some aspects of your career as a marketer that will align. Again, community building, creating awareness, all that aligns. Back to where you go to foster and build a community, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, TikTok, it's not as relevant as using Discord. And that took that took a while for me. I shared with you, Mike, previously in conversations that we we're having that, you know, for me, one of the challenges in starting a project was having to come to the, to the, to accept that I had to create a new community on Discord, which is literally like hitting a reset button and driving people over to a new medium, which really seems counterproductive when I've already built a following on these other channels. 
Well, and let's talk about this for a little bit. We're recording this in early 2022. And those that are listening in later 2022 or even in 2023, the culture likely will shift, right? Because what Carlos is talking about is the existing community for NFTs. But in the same breath, Carlos, you did mention that Gary V had to evangelize to his much broader community, mostly on Twitter, and to teach them about this stuff, right? Eventually, this isn't just going to be a Discord Twitter thing. Eventually, this is going to be an everywhere thing, right? In your case, you're trying to tap into the existing buyers of NFTs, but many people that are listening right now are likely going to have to evangelize their community wherever they are, whether it be on Instagram or YouTube or wherever. What do we need to tell them, right? Because like there is like what you talked about from the, hey, go experience it. It's mostly on Discord and Twitter. But the future, we know it's not going to be just on Discord and Twitter. It's going to be everywhere. So if we're about to launch an NFT project and we want to tap into an existing audience that we have on email, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, whatever, what are a few things that you would share that people ought to think about? Oh, I'd say first and foremost, poll your audience. You know, that's critical. That's that's number one. Just to see if they even know what the heck an NFT is. It could be as simple as doing a Facebook post with no creative, just text-based only. Ask your audience, are they into NFTs? Have they heard of NFTs? What are their thoughts of NFTs? Slice and dice it a few different ways, but ask them at least a few times if they are into NFTs. I don't necessarily think that this is going to be a space that, again, I hope I'm wrong. We'll list at the end of 2022 or 2023. I don't necessarily think that this is going to be a space that carries over into every single medium. But again, if tomorrow Instagram rolls out synchronization of your NFTs where there's utility on Instagram, then guess what? The NFT community is going to gravitate over there. Same thing with Facebook. We know what's, you know, what's around the corner with, with their metaverse. Decentraland, though. Decentraland is a social network already. Um, so again, there's, there's understanding the culture in the space is realizing that true NFT enthusiasts are not everywhere, at least not yet. Right. So you're going to have to educate your community on what the heck this is. I predict eventually this will be a regular thing. And whether we call it NFTs or not, who knows, right? Maybe we'll call it digital goods. But eventually... We won't have to teach people what a MetaMask wallet is or where to go set up a Coinbase account because I think eventually everyone's going to have crypto and everyone's going to be able to use even maybe their existing bank to go ahead and purchase these kind of things. Who knows? I mean, like it's all up in the air. What do we need to teach people though? Because I'm always, I'm assuming you're assuming as well, like, hey, no matter what, there's an education process because oh yeah, for everyone, there's going to be their very first NFT purchase and it might be an NFT project that you who are listening is launching, right? So what do we need to, what do we need to tell people? The key word and get a pen or get your phone out and write this down as you're listening right now. The key word that you need to keep in mind in everything that you do, whether you're purchasing, creating, selling, what have you is utility. What is the utility behind the NFT? What can it do? Correct. Utility means if I'm going to buy an NFT and I get the NFT, what can I do with it? What does it unlock? Is there access to something special is it going to get me a discount? Is it going to lead me to get a free digital wearable in Decentraland? It might. Right? There's different forms of utility that we're seeing right now. You know, a much more advanced version of that that I personally am excited about now is staking, which means you're able to make money off of your NFTs that you have. You know, there's some projects that that is the utility. There's others where the utility is you literally just have access to a Discord group. I just bought a, an NFT for half an ETH, $2,000, a couple nights ago, just to have access to a Discord group. That the only way you can get in is if you have the NFT. And someone's probably asking, well, why would you spend that kind of money? Well, again, the same reason why we buy 
memberships into country clubs or airline lounges is the same reason why people will buy NFTs to unlock access into Discord. It's access to people. And there's value in that, especially in these times that we're living in still through a pandemic where people aren't moving around as much as they did before. We're now in this Web3 space where people have avatars in Decentraland. That's going to be something that becomes more common. Facebook will condition us eventually to have avatars in Meta. So again, like the current is very quickly shifting and you can either choose to fight against it or go with the current. I've made the decision consciously to be early the party and go with the current. Okay. So talk to me about building for the long term with NFTs, right? You've seen a lot of interesting things that a lot of businesses are doing. And you also mentioned earlier, like there's a lot of projects that just kind of fade because they're not really either actively involved with the community or they're not providing value, if you will, to the quote unquote people who purchase the NFTs, right? The investors or whatever you want to call them. What are the things that we need to be thinking about as NFT creators, if you will, so that we can be thinking about the long term? You know, again, as a creator, think about building a brand versus a project. A project to me has a very short lifespan, right? Like I think of projects in the consulting world, you take on a project, there's a start and there's a finish. So I really don't like referring to NFT so much as projects. I really look at them as a brand. So think about the brand that you're building, or if you already have a brand, how the NFT that you can create brings utility to your customers through that brand. So if you are a gym, think about making an NFT as a membership card or as a way for you to get perks or access. You know, like there's a lot of different ways, you know, to splice it. Coffee shop, great. NFTs can provide discounts to your, to your customers that own the NFTs. So again, it goes back to the word utility. Utility is extremely important in this space because people want to feel like they're getting something of value. So again, you either think about taking your existing company your business, your brand, add an NFT component to it. Or if you're creating an NFT from scratch, it's really important that you build a brand around that NFT. And then the roadmap, that's another key word to write down, roadmap. The roadmap is from start to finish. What are you doing for the community? And or if you want to be much more direct with the money or the funds that you're going to be making from your NFT, how are you using that, those funds? Again, in this space, what I, what I can tell you to be the gospel is transparency is everything. You know, in a decentralized world, transparency is everything. You can see how people transact. You can see what they buy. You can look into people's wallets. So it's extremely important if you want to avoid being viewed as what's called a rug pull, that you are fully transparent with how the money is used. Talk to me about the roadmap a little bit. Let's give me an example of a project that you may be invested in or that you've seen that has a roadmap, just so people understand what that means, right? What does that mean exactly? A roadmap is in theory, one way to look at it is it's, it's a business plan. There's white papers that some of these projects have created very similar to white papers that you would find in, in the crypto world when you buy a, a safe moon or you know one of the altcoins, there's a white paper associated with it. Most projects have moved away from getting that in-depth and instead, when you go to their website, they have like literally steps that say on this date, we are going to mint 10,000 tokens. And then once we sell out, we're going to move on to the next phase of our project. And then there's a game that's created or there's some sort of a bonus that's given or a dividend that's given. And then there's multiple steps. Roadmaps are always subject to change. Keep that in mind. You can always change the roadmap. Again, a project I mentioned before that I'll mention again, it's called Lazy Lions. Their project 
roadmap was very simple. Once they sell out, they're going to provide staking capabilities to their members where you can make money off of your Lazy Lines NFTs. On their roadmap was merchandise. They just rolled out the merch. And there's other perks that they have on their roadmap to keep incentivizing their members. So again, think of your roadmap as part business plan. I'd say even part like marketing strategy too. But the key here is that it's a transparent way of sharing with those that buy into your NFT what they can expect to get and when from different phases that you establish. One of the things we were talking about when we were preparing for this interview is airdropping free NFTs to existing NFT holders. Explain how that works and what, what that's all about and why people might want to consider something like that. The beauty of this, when you launch an NFT and, and people buy into your NFT, is now on the blockchain, you have their wallet address um, essentially on file. So at any time, you can airdrop or you can send digitally to them an additional NFT. So for example, with our Hype Santas, we are working right now on uh, ugly Christmas sweaters that will live in Decentraland. You can either go and you can purchase them and you can put them on your avatar and it will be an ugly Christmas sweater with some Hype Santas on it. So you can buy that outright. Or if you own a Hype Santas NFT, we can just airdrop that ugly Christmas sweater directly to your Solana wallet and it'll appear there. It'll be free. And that again is a bonus or a perk of being a part of our community. Very cool. So I like this a lot because it's kind of like uh, unexpected benefit, right? Of having this product. And I believe I heard a story about the, the constitution DAO, which is a decentralized autonomous organization that tried to buy the U S constitution, the last remaining copy. They were not successfully able to do that but they did spin off a coin and I don't remember what their coin was called, but they ended up airdropping to everyone who was part of the constitution DAO, a bunch of coins that turned out to be go up in value and worth quite a bit of money. So these airdrops can be also digital collectibles that people can trade. They can hold slash hodl or they can sell. Right. Yeah. You know, there's different forms of it. You know, recently on Christmas morning, there was one called SOS that was in theory reimbursing Anyone who's purchased using Ethereum, using MetaMask, it was reimbursing a percentage of your gas fees. There was another one called Gas that came out a few days after that. And, and it's free money. That's what you have to look at also. There's been projects that they airdrop me a free widget or a giveaway, another NFT, a digital wearable. And I didn't think it was cool. And I looked on the market and I was able to flip them. Like There was a project I bought into many months ago called RumbleCons. And these are gorillas in basketball jerseys and they rolled out sneakers for all their rumble kong holders and the reality mike is that you couldn't do anything with the sneakers they weren't even wearables you couldn't use them in decentraland or in sandbox like there was like nothing that you could do with these digital sneakers it was just a photo so i said shucks they're trading for about 400 us dollars about 0.1 eth let me flip it i had three rumble kongs at the time it was a free 1200 bucks here's the thing that everybody needs to understand the fact that you flipped it even though it was given for free by the brand, you flipped it. They took their stake. They still made money on the flip. Do you understand, right? Still made money. That's, that's the part that a lot of people need to understand. If you've got an active community of people that already purchased an NFT and you give them something for free and they decide to sell it, you're going to end up making money if that becomes traded on the open marketplace, right? Which is kind of a cool thing. What else do we need to be thinking about as far as activating the community and really building for the long haul when we're building NFT projects. 
Yeah, I'd say, Mike, it's asking your audience, not just if they're into NFTs, but if they are, what type of NFTs would they be interested in? What would be of, of most interest or, or value to them? Again, going back to, to that keyword utility, the more that you can create exclusivity, like for example, with our store, the hype section that we're going to be opening, we're going to be creating a sneaker pass. So that's going to be our loyalty card. There's only going to be 10,000 of them that exist ever. So if you have a sneaker pass, you'll automatically be entered into, into daily raffles that we're going to do and giveaways. And when there's new releases and when we do collaborations with brands, as long as you have that pass for life, you'll always get free airdrop content. So that in itself, if you spend, let's say we list it for even half an ETH, which is really aggressive, but just to say hypothetically, you spend $2,000, but yet you are able to get more than $2,000 worth of value, then basically the NFT pays for itself. Right. So I think, again, you know, what brands and businesses out there really need to think about is how they use this going forward, not just to reach a new audience, but to even re-engage in some cases your existing audience or existing customers to give them something of value. Like NFTs, I firmly believe are not going away. They are not going away. They're here to stay. Yeah. Let's talk about the community side of it. My understanding of why so many people use Discord is because the Discord has an API and some sort of a intermediary software that allows you to connect your wallet to it and allows a lot of cool stuff to happen. But obviously there's more to discord than just giving people access to, to private discords. What's some of the stuff that you're seeing happening inside of discord or any community for that matter, in order to cultivate the community side of it, because that's another part of it as well. That's really important, right? The part that I see a lot, Mike, within discord is the pumping of, of projects for those aren't familiar with that term, what I mean by pumping is you have members of the community that are very passionate about raising the price of the floor. So they will literally be in a community telling everyone to delist, to buy the floor. It, it's, it's, it's a game. What does delist mean? Delisting means if you have your NFT for sale, removing it from, from being on sale. Ah, okay. Well, but let's talk about the kind of stuff that you would recommend for community development. I thought you were just asking me, what's the stuff that I see in these communities? It's kind of crazy. No, I'm talking, to, I'm talking about the stuff that's good, right? Like we don't want obviously people to artificially inflate the price. Like, I'm just curious, like from your background in social, you know, is there stuff that you're seeing inside of these communities? Like, for example, I saw last night, Gary V for V friends, he's all, Hey, let's chat. And man, he just said pretty much, I'm going to be in my discord community. And all of a sudden it was just comments everywhere, you know, like there's stuff we could probably be doing, right? Yeah, there's really cool features that Discord offers, such as like you just said, you can do video chats, you can do voice chats in there. So I'd say again, getting someone, you know, Gary Vee's a, a great example of it. You know, look at what he's doing with vFriends and use it as a model in your group. It's all about community. And, and what I love about Discord, and when I started this journey, I wasn't as much of a fan because I saw it more as a nuisance, whereas now I, I get it. The Discord combined with NFTs is really putting the social back into social media. It's forcing people to socialize again, have conversations, expand their network, follow each other. So I compare Discord, and this is going to date me for a moment here, to old school AOL chat rooms. Yeah. That's really what it is. Yeah. You know, it's hard at times to keep up with the flow of conversation because people are chatting like hyper fast, like. I think back then my chat rooms was what topped off at like maybe 25, 30 people. Slack might be a better modern day example. Don't you feel like it feels a little bit like Slack? Of AOL chat rooms? No, no. Like like Discord and Slack feel very similar to each other. Would you agree? They can. They can. But some of these Discords I'm on all day long, I'm getting notifications of. Because again, you have people that want 
to pump or grow the project. And I find that activity being disruptive. If I'm a owner in a community and there's other people that are, that are marketing the brand, then that's great, right? Because they're making my job much easier as just a, a investor, if you will, or an owner in that project. But I'd say again, if you are looking to use Discord, you have to create an exclusive space to give people information and a sense of community and belonging that they don't get by following you on Facebook or on Twitter or on Instagram. And I think that's really the key. How you do that, how you curate that experience, that's the tricky part. You have to have a community manager or a couple of community managers that are dedicated. Uh, if you look at our Discord, so if you go to discord.gg forward slash hype section, you will notice that we have in our main server, we have different sub servers or sub channels. So we have it broken down by categories. There's a category specifically for NFTs. If you are into watches, sneakers, sports betting, there's different categories that we have broken down that you can go into and you can participate in different conversations. I think, again, for businesses and brands that do this, where now you can segment your audience based on interest, there's a lot of marketing power and there's a lot of value. Put on your uh, future cap, if you will, and think five years down the road. It's January of 2022 as we're recording this. Where do you see this all going? It'll be interesting to see the capabilities that Apple Glasses provide for us. You know, there's some folks that, you know, I don't know if they have Intel from Apple or if it's just pure speculation, but there's some folks that have, that have shared with me that eventually you'll be able to walk around outside as your NFT. Wow. So you'll be able to walk around as a lazy lion or you will be a bored ape or a mutant ape, which is kind of scary and crazy at the same time when you think about it, you know, people being <laughs> at your conferences, Mike. And when I see you, to me, you don't look like Mike Stelzner anymore. You look like the NFT, like the cool cats NFT that you purchase. Yeah. You know, or I look like a mutant ape, right? So um, I think we're headed to, to, to this world where what's reality and just that word real is very much blurred. I think the real metaverse isn't a website. It's not meta. It's not Decentraland. I think the real metaverse is the world that we live in, which is a blend between the internet. So the internet world and the real world. And historically speaking, as long as we've had the internet, those are two different places. You know, my book, Then to Marketing, one of the distinctions I make right out of the jump is that we live in two parallel universes. We live in the real world, which is where I am and where you are. And then our online avatars live on social media or the digital world. They are not the same place. And I think what the metaverse is, is the merging of both of those worlds where NFTs, again, will unlock access, but they will also provide a new sense of identity. And again, if you look at where the world is going with technology, augmented reality, virtual reality, it's just a, a matter of time before these technologies really, they've already taken over our life, but now they will become who we are. Awesome, Carlos. Tell everyone where they can discover more about you and your the best way to reach out to you on the socials. Yeah. So the best way to reach out to me is on Twitter as well as on Instagram. My username is Carlos Gill 83 and that is Gill with one L. Awesome. And then if they want to check out your NFT project, is there a place you want to send them? Yeah, absolutely. So first of all, if you have any questions with regards to NFTs, feel free to reach out to me directly. If you want to check out my NFT project, Hype Santas, go to Hype Santas 
Com and you know if you need any recommendations i can't provide you any financial advice i'll just say that in full disclosure but if you need any recommendations or tips on just the space in general some different projects that you're thinking about feel free to hit me up carlos gill thank you so much for answering all my questions and sharing your experience with us i know for a lot of people this has been really really insightful thank you so much mike it's always a pleasure hey if you missed anything we took all the notes for you over at socialmediaexaminer.com slash C6, as in the letter C and the number six. And if you're new to this show, be sure to follow us and let your friends know all about this show. I am at Stelzner on Instagram. This brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Crypto Business Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you next week. I hope you make the best out of your day and may Web3 continue to change your world. The information provided in the Crypto Business Podcast is provided solely for educational purposes. Do not treat what you hear as investment, trading, or financial advice. Do your own research. The Crypto Business Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. Want more good stuff? Sign up for our top-notch social marketing newsletter. We deliver it straight into your inbox three days a week. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates.